How to obligate success. See, there's this idea of reciprocity. It's the idea that when you open the door for someone, they feel compelled to smile back at you. It's this universal principle that kindness returns kindness. That it's better to give than to receive. That if you give to other people, they feel obligated to give to you. It's called the law of reciprocity. And it's at the heart of all great accomplishments. See, the science of getting rich inside of the book teaches the idea that it's better to give than to receive. And it gives through value. That if you want to make money, you give people more in use value than you ask for in monetary value. It's actually the secret to obligating one's success. So if you want to stress out nature through the law of reciprocity and supernatural power, supercharge favor in your, to lean favor in your side, practice this process. I know on some deep, deep inside level of yourself, I'm sure you've said this to yourself. I know I have. I'm too smart to be confined to do work and to stand and to be, I'm too smart to be this broke all the time. I'm too smart. I've been called to do more. I believe I was chosen. I have a mission. And yet here I sit in mediocrity, accepting less than I could be. Now I'm not saying you're called to be Steve Jobs, but somebody was the mother of Steve Jobs. Somebody was the father of Steve Jobs that gave him the room, that assisted him, that provided the platform from which the iPhone could be. Now, I'm not saying we credit his mother, but she definitely was in line of recession, right? In other words, you could maybe you're not going to be a great civil rights leader, but you could give birth to one. You could nature through nature and nurture. You could set up the, the system. And the strategy in the household where that greatness came from, that direct result of yours, it's called the butterfly effect. But we want things now. And the universe is set up as a system of reaping and sowing. That if you plant, you, you will receive. So if you plant, but here's the problem, if you plant an oak seed, one of the smallest seeds in the universe, it grows into a giant tree. But it takes 100 years. And so sometimes the way things happen, it doesn't happen on the timeline that we're looking for. Secretly, I know you've said this to yourself. I've been designed. I was created for more. Often, maybe subconsciously, maybe without even saying it out loud. But seriously, haven't you ever thought to yourself, I feel a little too expensive to hustle for a dollar. I feel a little bigger than the room that I enter. I feel like I'm the only one here that understands. I feel charmed. I'm just a little too expensive to be a small-time receiver. My ideas and my thoughts are bigger than my current circumstances. I know I have. That's the secret to all success. That's the seed that plants that obligates your success. The idea that first comes thought. The science of getting rich explains this in chapter one that there is a science that whatever may be said of the praise of poverty the fact remains that it's impossible
to live a really complete and successful life unless one is rich. Now, some people are going to hear that and be like, oh, because it rubs them the wrong way because they've given up on the idea. They've given up on the idea that they could ever be rich. They don't understand the butterfly effect, that the universal law of reciprocity, that value given, that it's better to give, that the moment you take that weight off of you and you put it onto other people and you start trying to serve other people, you receive value. That you have a right. You were born to do more than you're currently doing, I promise you. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you're going to be the mother of something. Maybe you're going to pave the way. You're going to open the door. You're going to be the facilitator of something that great that happens, but you have a role to play. And it's not where you're at. You have not expanded. You have not gone as far as you can go. You don't think big enough. You can accomplish more, but it starts with the mind. Whatever may be said of the praise of poverty, the fact remains it's not possible to live a really complete and successful life unless one is rich. Now, the book's not just talking about financial riches. You're going to see as the book goes on, as we get past chapter one, but the problem is we have to sit right here in chapter one and bathe in this because if we don't get your thinking right, the rest of the chapters don't mean shit. If you're thought, if you're not thinking correctly, then the rest of the chapters don't mean anything. They won't benefit you. Let's turn off notifications in case I get called here. They won't mean anything. See, if you don't believe that you have as much right to be rich as anyone else, this is why I push back on people and, and people say, well, you don't understand the social economic use. Not that I don't understand. I don't give a fuck. Because the basics of the science of getting rich is that you have a right. And if you don't receive that and you don't hold that and you don't hold that thought in your mind and you're holding some other bullshit in your mind, then you'll never get it. You're already defeated. You lost by acknowledging that someone else has power over you. Even if they do, the way you break out is by taking that power back. You don't acknowledge they have dominion over you. You're a king and a queen. And the moment you accept that, you finally have a chance to actually break outside of your box. And if you live in a box where there's a people or a group or a race or a social group that are holding you down, then you're down. And that's just the way it is. And if you want to lock that in stone, feel free, but I choose not to. I choose to be 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And that starts in the mind. The book's not talking about literal riches as in cash. It is. But the body, the human being lives for the body, the soul, and the mind. And when it talks soul, money, spiritual. Your relationship with money is spiritual. See, some people don't like money. Some people see money as it's just a struggle. I get a little money and it just it goes right through my fingers and it's never for me. It's always for AT&T and Visa and Discover and GM and rent and electric bill. There's never enough for me. And the moment you begin to just say that out loud, the 10 pillars of success, pillar number one, how you think is everything. Pillar number 10, take full responsibility. It's on me. It's on me. I signed for that shit. I did this. The moment you take that back, it's on me. It's your only chance of getting out of it. You can say, well, my job doesn't pay me enough. Well, you took the job. And it's not fair. 
And it's not fair. It's not cool that people get paid minimum wage. I hate it. But you know how you get out of minimum wage? Reciprocity. Not blaming. Not pointing fingers. Reciprocity. You work harder than you're paid for. You're too big for the room you're in because your thoughts are too big. All of a sudden, everyone agrees. You shouldn't be getting minimum wage because you're so damn good at what you do. And now we got to pay you $12 or you might leave and go to Sonic. I don't want to lose this girl. Give her 50 cents more an hour. Law of reciprocity. You give people more in use value than you ask for in monetary value. And that's how you get off minimum wage. That's how you get out of the ghetto. It's not given to you. It's not a government program. For some people it is, but not for you. Not for you. And I'm not knocking people who take it a different way, but I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you. Disciplines of doership, human dynamite, 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And that's you or it's not. And if you're looking for something else, I can't help you. See, I grew up poor in a trailer park. No excuses. I decided to blow off high school, drink beer, smoke weed, hang out, get my girlfriend pregnant. And I had a baby out of, oh, well, it wasn't out of wedlock. We got married before the baby was born, but it was conceived out of wedlock. I did everything you could possibly do wrong. I barely got through school. You want to guarantee poverty? Let me give you some facts. Have a baby out of wedlock. Don't finish high school and get arrested. I don't care what color you are. You will be poor. And that's nobody's fault. Each one of those are a decision. And I get it. There's outside influences. I'm not saying there's not. But the moment you take responsibility for that is the moment you change. It's the moment you get the power to take over. You pick up that sword. That's it. There is no outside influences. Whatever may be said of the praise of poverty, the fact remains it's impossible to live a complete and successful life unless one is rich in mind, in body, and in soul. In mind, body, and soul. That's why man lives. What good does it do you to have all the money in the world and lose your soul? Isn't that what the Bible says? What good does it do you to be a billionaire in a wheelchair or sick? What good does it do you to have all beautiful abs, you're in great shape, you're kicking it, working out at the gym, and you're broke? And so the the process of the science of getting rich is about bringing all three together. Health, wealth, and mindset. All three. It's the three keys to a successful life. And you have a right to that. And I know you thought man, I'm too big for this job. I should be doing more. I know you have. Maybe you haven't said it out loud. Maybe you haven't said it to your boss, but you thought it to yourself. So say it out loud. Whisper it. Whisper it to me. I'm always free and always powerful. As I say that I am, I am free to say and to think whatever I want to think. That's a good mantra. You are what you think about. Another way of saying that is you are what you do for free. The richest people in our society, you ever notice they just don't retire because they're so impressed with what they do. They love to hear themselves talk. They like to read their own books and look at their own products. They're in love with what they produce because what they produce brings value to the world. Nobody reads my books more than me. I gurgitate them. I read them. I think on them. If anybody knows me, I carry them with me. I keep copies in my truck. 
And there's people that are in my inner circle who know me personally. If I was to go to a hotel, I take my books with me and I take them out and I put them on the table. I may not even read them. Why? Because what you think about comes about and what you focus on grows. I'm trying to internalize the process and actually work and do the shit that I say. And most people don't. They say one thing and they live another. And so if we were to write your book, would you carry it with you? Or every time you look at it, you're like, oh, I'm lying. I don't actually do that shit. That's most people. Most people say one thing and post another. Or they post one thing and do another. See, all I got to do is look and see what you do in your free time to see what the real you is. What is it you really like to do? When no one's looking and you're not being paid, what do you want to do? That's you. That's how I got good at trading stocks. It's because I'll do that shit for free. I paid for years to play that game. Over and over. Losing and losing and losing. I paid to play that game. I paid to get good at trading stocks. And some people are just going to roll into that game and just think it's going to work out good. And they lose a little money and they're off to something else. It's not how it works. You pay a price to become a professional basketball player. Years of repetition and practice. Why would they do that? Because they love the game. They love the game. They've given so much universal of reciprocity. They've given so much to the game and to the fans and to people. Then they reap. And then they reap. Now, obviously, there's limitations of skill. That doesn't mean you couldn't continue to be involved in that sport. You could go on. Some people go on to coaching. Those are people who didn't have the mechanical or the physical skill. They love the game, but they just couldn't do it. So they turn to the next best thing. Because they can't let that go because the love is so strong. And then if they can't coach, they do this. And if they can't do it, they do that. And then if they just they can't do it, they go to become a doctor. And then they're the doctor for the team. They just can't stop. They have to come back to it. Because why? It's inside of them. And if you don't have that, you'll never be good at anything. There needs to be something inside of you. I just can't stop. That's why it's hard to understand serial killers. They can't stop. There's something inside of them that pushes them. And when you say don't do that, they can't stop. You ever see someone who's addicted to drugs or heroin or meth? They can't stop. It consumes them. It consumes them. What if we took that seat? See, the universe gives us that ability. We all have it inside of us. We just get to choose what we place it on. This is the great distinction between us and animals, and I won't go great into that. In the last uh, podcast I did, I talked about the distinction between man and animals is that we can train ourselves. We get to choose what we love. We get to choose what we put our attention on. While a squirrel is a squirrel, you could decide to be a painter or an artist or a YouTuber or author or a, a, a truck driver or open a shop or cook cookies or work at church. You choose. Everyone gets 24 hours, and what you do with it is up to you. And how much time you devote to whatever it is you're doing. Instead of looking for the shortcut, look for the hard way. Stop trying to hack and start doing it right. We have a culture obsessed with hacking. You know the problem with hacking? You don't get any experience. So you hack it. Now you don't know shit. Because the path, the education is in the process of the journey. And if you're trying to skip the journey to get to the outcome, you lost. Hmm. Mm. Man, we should tweet that.
See, if you try to hack everything, you skip the journey, and the journey is why you're here. It's not to get to the end. It's to go through the process of going to the end. Being a stock trader is not about winning trades. Being a stock trader is about you and self-discipline and all of the things that make people great or what make you do that well. And the reason most people are terrible investors is because it requires you to be great. No exceptions. All of the attributes that make a human being great, discipline, self-control, right? All of those things are required. And people don't have them. The famous quote where there's no vision to people perish. You have to have a vision. You have to be able to see down the road. I talk about this idea of seven to 10 years. The average person can lay the foundation to get rich in seven to 10 years. Seven to 10 years. I had a little rant yesterday where I talked on a, I was ranting and I'm sure some people are like, why is he talking about this? I had a guy ask me, so I, I show a lot of houses and I show a lot of work and I don't show vacations and things like this. Why? Because they don't matter, dude. The work is what's important. It's what's important, you know, for me. Not for everybody. I get that. Listen, there's enough distractions in people's lives. There's enough Kardashians. There's enough YouTube. There's enough video games. There's enough sex. There's enough drugs. You don't need me piling that shit on. You don't need me doing hedonistic activities adding to the bullshit. So what that person was wanting is they want an excuse for why I'm working so hard and they're not. And I'm not going to give you that. You don't have enough not to work harder. You don't have enough. You're not a good enough trader. You haven't be you haven't even begun to live to the ability that you were given. You haven't even opened all the doors that God has given you. And this guy wants a, a rest. And I go look and he's like 27 years. And that's no knock. There's a lot of smart rich 27 year olds but I look on his page and it's just pictures of just being at beaches and in front of cars and clothes. And it was just all fucking nonsense. It's all nonsense. It's not that those things aren't good, but that's entertainment, dude. I'm not entertaining. That's, that's entertainment. Entertainment's fine if we want to watch. If his goal is to be a character on a television show, great. But don't talk to me about working and grinding. You can't talk to me about that while you're on vacation. Not to say you shouldn't go on, but we're not doing the same thing. See, his mind goes right to that. How could he go to that? Like, what made him go to that? Like, why would someone ask me that? And I get asked that kind of stuff all the time. Well, what good is having all this money if you don't? And they don't understand. It's about the journey. They're trying to hack life. They're trying to get to the end and realize then they're going to get there and they're going to be empty. They ain't got any experience. They haven't felt the trials and tribulations of what it means to be a human being. The ups and downs. You're supposed to lose. It's called falling forward fast. You're supposed to. It's part of the human process. It's how you develop character. You know how fighters become good fighters? They fight. You know how soldiers become battle ready? You ever heard that phrase? Battle-hardened, what does that mean? It means they've been in battle. And it's through battle that makes you a soldier. We used to call them toy soldiers. People play soldiers and they've never been to war. Toy soldiers. 
people we respect go through trials and tribulations. They're not trying to, Gandhi wasn't trying to hack anything. Martin Luther King wasn't trying to hack the movement. He was trying to actually do it. He was going to walk, do it. He wasn't looking for the quick fix. How do we, how do we hack this? Nobody says to Martin Luther, well, where'd you go on vacation? It doesn't matter. You know, what, why would that be the fixation? Why would your question be that and not, how did you get 15 houses? How did you get 44 stomachs? How did you get, what book are you reading? Nobody ever asked me that. What book are you reading, Gerald? Sometimes they ask me what book should they read, but they never ask me what I'm reading. What videos are you watching? Who should I be listening to? It's always a hack. How quickly can I do something? How can I make money? Not always, but most of the time. Avoid people like that. Avoid people with extreme views. That much gathers more is true on every plane in existence and that loss leads to greater loss is equally true. Mind is creative and conditions and environments and all experiences in life are the result of our habitual and predominant mental attitude. In other words, what you hold in formless substance, the thoughts you hold in your mind, the shit that you hold there is what will manifest in your life. This is why you got to love the work you do. Otherwise, you won't hold it in your mind. You'll seek escape and you want to be on a beach in Cancun because you hate your life at home. Because you don't like what you do. So you'd rather be at the beach. See, when you're so passionate about what you do, when you're so into it, when you really dig what you're doing, they got to drag your ass on vacation. When you're so into what you do, when it makes you happy and complete and fulfilled, vacation's a waste of your time. And most people will never get to that level. They don't get it. They're not going to get it. And I'm not speaking bad about vacation. I'm just talking about a state of mind. The mind that seeks escapism or approval in the size of a house or approval in a car. I have nice cars. I don't care about those cars. I care about the rental properties. I care that my customers are happy and they don't ever want to leave. I care about the next deal. Why? Because I'm trying to build generational wealth. I don't want my kid to be 45 years old dealing and struggling like I have. You know? I want to make a difference. I want to bring value to the world. I don't want to serve myself. I want to serve other people. <clears throat> Those are the people that are, are remembered. Nobody remembers the guy on vacation. Nobody remembers that guy. Nobody's going to remember these people. But they're going to remember people. They remember people who were de dedicated to what they were doing. When their mission was so big, it's like, I don't even know how we're going to accomplish this. And it's so all-consuming. And I don't know what it is for you. It's different for everyone. I don't know what it is you love. I don't know what it is when no one's looking, you'll do for free. When you're not being paid, you're right there doing it. I don't know what that is. But it's different for everyone. And if what you feel inside is, I need to escape. I need to go over here. I need to go do this. And none of that stuff that you're doing is serving other people. You're lost inside. You have no purpose. You're the saddest of all people. Because you haven't opened that door. 
that the universe, that Buddha, that Muhammad, that Jesus, that God, whatever you want to call him, you haven't opened the door he's given you. And the moment you open that door, you're on permanent vacation. The moment you're 10 foot tall and bulletproof and realize that your life matters, that you're on purpose, that you're on point, that you're doing what you're supposed to do and you would do it for free. There's no finer place to be. I think everybody's been called to that in one way or another. And it may not be like you think. It may be the butterfly effect. You may be the mother of the next great entrepreneur. You may be the mother of the next great NBA player. You may be the father of Tiger Woods. You may, you know, you get what I'm saying. Edison had a mom and a dad. So did Einstein. And there's something they did that made their son be able to do what he's doing. And you may say, oh, no, he had shitty parents. Well, maybe that was it. Because coming from the bottom, there ain't nowhere to go but the top. One of the things that I've said over and over, being poor is a superpower. This confuses people because they don't want to be poor. And I know that. But the fact that you are gives you an advantage. Being disabled is a superpower. Being gay, being a woman, being a minority, you have a superpower. See, I don't have any excuses. I was born a white man in modern America. What's my excuse? You know, No matter what I accomplish, there's going to be somebody going, well, yeah, he's a white male. And they'll use the way I was born to take from what I've accomplished. I get this all the time. I get it all the time. Nobody says that if you're black. If you buy 10, 15 houses, everybody congratulates you. I buy 10 or 15 houses and I'll literally have people post, well, it's easy for you. It's the reverse. You know, and that's true. I'm not making that up. I feel it every day. I get the DMs every day, the emails every day. Well, yeah, you're white. You're born in a red state. You're male. It's easier for you. Men are paid more. Okay. But I still had to open the door. And I'm still doing the same thing other people are doing. I still got to follow the same rules. And it's not something you can cry about. And and so I flipped that and said on the on the on the reverse, you don't cry. However you were born, to whatever situation, to whatever parents, to whatever problem you have, your mess is your message. And it's that message that gives you superpowers. And nobody can come and say, yeah, well, but that's easy for you because X, Y, Z. That shit hurts, man. Especially when you worked eight days a week. I work eight. Nobody watching this. Nobody listening. Nobody works harder than me. And, and for the rest of my life, Someone will say that. It don't bother me. I know that that's a loser talking. See, that person's lost. That person doesn't understand God or the message of the power that's inside of them. They haven't accepted the fact that their problem is their power. They're, the fact that they are X or Y or whatever, is that is the reason. That is their ability. That is their superpower that they can tap into and be 10 foot tall and bulletproof and choose not to. And instead point to some other reason. Why somebody else got something. 
That's not how the universe is ordered. The object of all life and development is everything that lives has an inalienable right to all development it is capable of attaining. Man's right to life means his right to be free, to have the free and unrestricted use of all things which may be necessary to his fullest mental, spiritual, and physical unfoldment, or in other words, the right to be rich. It's available to everyone, regardless of circumstances. You just have to believe that. As we go down this journey in this book, I'm going to want you to read ahead. So your homework is to read chapter one of the science of getting rich, the right, the right to be rich. Because if we can't get past this chapter, that you have an idea, that you have a right to, to be rich, that the purpose of all life is expansion, that if you burn down a forest, it comes back, that it's a universal principle, and that all starts with this idea of reciprocity, that you have to give, not take, not burn, not steal, not fucking loot, give. Everything starts with giving. That's where power comes from. You give. And anything outside of that, you lose. I curse. Sorry. It's just the way it is. Don't be thin-skinned. Don't be sensitive. You're going to hear me say shit you don't agree with. So, deal with it. Don't live in a bubble. Following only people you agree with, listening only to things. You go down the Fox News or the MSN bubble or the Democrat, the left, the right, the religious. Like Everybody gets in these little zones and then they can't take out outside influences. It's diversity that makes us amazing. It's different cultures and different ways of life that open up our ideas. All of the money that you want, and part of the science of getting rich is that all of the money you want is in the pockets, purses, wallets, and checkbooks of other people. And they don't look like you or dress like you or live where you live. And if you hate on them, you cut off your money supply. And God will cut it off. And the universe will cut it off. And they should. Because you have hate in your heart. There's a lot of that right now. Do you give to those who would seek to do you harm? That shit is old. It's a secret, man. Secret of reciprocity. Let me end with this. It's sinful to accept less in life than you could have had. People who aren't saving for retirement are committing a sin. And that's a strong word. And when you say it like that, it's like, oof, it's a sin. It's a sin against them. It's a sin against their community. It's a sin against humanity. And I believe a sin against God. Because he's given you what you need. I didn't say a lot. I didn't say they're spending tons. And I, the moment you say stuff like that, someone goes, yeah, but there's people on welfare, Gerald. I know. And so you start with a dollar. And if right now you're not investing, I didn't say trading, I didn't say flipping, I didn't say buying Tesla and, and Apple, I said investing. If right now investing isn't part of your life where you take a piece of your income and you shave it off and you do it consistently every week, but you drink soda and you drive cars and you pay for internet, you have clothes and you live in a house, you're committing a sin. You are. 
And you're not even practicing the process of the science of getting rich. You're opting out. You're choosing an excuse. Because you could put a dollar. And then the next week a dollar. And the next week a dollar. And at least you're falling forward fast. At least you're going through the process. At least you're making the motions. At least you're trying. And guess what happens? The universe opens up. You get a pay raise. Things happen. And all of a sudden it's $2. And then 4 And then 10 And then 20 And then right out of my book. You don't have to die broke where $10 a day changed my life. It's $10. And for me, it's $300 every day is my goal. I seek to invest $300 a day every day, 365 days a week. That's my goal. Now, I might fall short, but that's the goal. Your goal may be a dollar a week, but it starts the process. It starts the process. Hey guys, it's Gerald Peters. Thanks for listening to the Science of Getting Rich podcast. <clears throat> I'm doing a series. It's gonna some of it'll be video, some of it'll be audio. If you go to the17steps.com, we'll be working through it. This audio will probably be on one of the first ones, and we'll work through it. Um, as always, if you don't have a free copy of my ebook, you don't have to die broke. Just reach out to me. I'd be happy to send you a copy. Uh, God bless.